Hello everyone. I'm incredibly excited to introduce our very first guest on this new segment. He's a prolific writer on happiness, positivity and productivity. And his most recent book, 4000 Weeks, is all about making the most of our finite lives in a world of impossible demand, distraction and political insanity. This is 6 minutes with Oliver Berkman. Hi Oliver. Welcome to the show. It's so great to have you with us. Thank you very much for inviting me. It's a pleasure. Awesome. So, let's dive right in. What does this phrase the right work mean to you? And and does the right work even exist? <laughs> Where my mind goes is this has to be meaningful work, but that really just postpones the problem to the question of what does meaningful mean? Ultimately, I think that has to be intuitive. I think when you're doing something meaningful with your life, you can feel it. You don't always feel it, but if you get quiet, if you journal a bit or talk to a trusted friend or go for a hike on a hill or something, people usually on some level just know yes or no. I I think it's important to say that I don't think that necessarily means intrinsic meaning, right? I think it is possible to do work that in an ideal world you wouldn't do, but it is aiding you in goals that you do consider deeply meaningful, you know, feeding your family, being able to pursue uh, an unpaid, you know, pastime outside of work, all sorts of things that could be the meaning and they could be outside the job. But I think, you know, all sorts of frameworks can be useful as a navigational tool. The one I like and write about in my book is about asking whether something enlarges you or diminishes you. Does it feel like it's enlarging? That's very helpful because Does it make you happy? Is a really bad question. A humanitarian aid worker working in a crisis zone is going to be not happy most of the time, I think. But but many of them consider their work deeply meaningful because it that, that sort of it's enlarging. It makes them better people. It's worth doing with their time. But at the end of the day, I think all these sort of schemes and questions and little sort of systems for working it out have to go by the wayside, and you just sort of have to know deep down whether. It's a, a good use of your time or a waste of your time. Fantastic. I, I know that you've uh, written in the past about the importance of separating work and paid employment. How can this help us think differently about seeking fulfillment from our careers? Well, I think that goes to part of what I was just saying. That's worth unpacking, right? This idea that it is not necessarily going to be. the case that your paid employment is what uh the uh, writer Stephen Cope and other people have called like the your great work the great work of your life which again might not be great in the sense of changing the lives of millions of people uh might not be great in terms of anyone ever hearing about you but this idea of the work that you're here to do in some sense i'm not sure i quite believe in these ideas of destiny that we have something before we're born that we are meant to do with our lives but i do think that you can get that feeling from certain activities like i'm in the right place this is what this is a good thing for me to be doing thank you so one of the most interesting concepts from your book was for me cosmic insignificance therapy what happens when we overvalue our existence and how can the idea of cosmic insignificance help people feel less worried less lost about their purpose and their career goals. It's a great question. I think that we just habitually set the bar rather too high for what counts as a meaningful way to use our time. And 
we have a tendency for all sorts of different reasons. I think there's a bit of evolutionary psychology in there. There's certainly a lot of culture and capitalism, but we have this tendency to think that every decision we make is incredibly weighty, that um, a meaningful life has to be an extraordinary one. It has to be one that sort of resounds down the centuries. You leave a legacy, you, you, you change things for future generations. And I think it's worth appreciating, you know, just how tiny anybody's life is, even a long life, against the timescale of the cosmos, and how little of anything that I or you decide today is going to matter, you know, even in, you know, certainly in like 100 years time, probably 50 years time, and often even in our own lives, like it doesn't matter two days from now, right? And that can be really liberating, because I think it's a good reason to sort of take bold risks and to just do the thing that you're not sure if it'll work out, but it would be amazing if it did. To sort of trust in, in your abilities and just sort of launch yourself into interesting lines of work, even if you're not confident that you're going to have um, sort of total success in them. In a way, my whole thesis of this book and almost everything I end up saying and writing about these days is recognizing your true limitations, not your sort of false limiting beliefs that you should get rid of, but your true limitations. The amount of time you have, the amount of control you get to have over that time, how small you are in the time span of the cosmos. It's precisely about, you know, stepping as fully as possible into the situation that you're really in so that you can do the greatest things with it. Oliver, it's been fascinating to talk. And as we wrap up, what one piece of advice would you like to leave our listeners with? The thing that really helps me, I think it's really useful to ask yourself what you would do differently how you would prioritize things differently and how you would just sort of feel differently about your life if you knew for an absolute certainty that there was always going to be more to do than you were going to have time to do, that there were always going to be more really interesting career paths that you could in principle follow than that you're actually going to get to follow. And I would hope that people asking themselves what they would do differently would actually feel a bit freer as a result to just like, you know, do the thing that they want to do, even though they're worried that it'll disappoint their parents or might not pay enough money or, or something like that to just sort of to just sort of go at life now because it is um, the only one we get. And in a historical cosmic timescale, it'll be over shockingly soon. Thank you so much, Oliver. It's been such a pleasure to have you on. Uh, I enjoyed it. Thank you.